Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks for joining us today, friends. My name is Aaron Richards here at Damascus, recording in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio, and I'm joined by my friend and brother in Christ, co-host for today's show, Dan Demite. Well, hello there, Mr. Richards. Hey, Dan. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus. It's going to be a party. It's such a beautiful day. And uh, we are brought to you, of course, through a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio in Columbus, Ohio, and EWTN Radio. This show is carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio Network, and we are so pumped for today's show. We've got an amazing guest lined up, and Dan, would you do us the great pleasure of kicking us off in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Holy Spirit, we just love you so much. We ask that you would fill the hearts of all of the faithful, Lord, that you would allow our hearts to be set on fire for love for the name of Jesus, that we would be set on fire for mission, Lord, that we would not grow silent in uh, the times of darkness, but that instead we would be emboldened to proclaim your name all that much more. Lord, I pray that you would allow every one of our listeners to see that they are called to a life on mission. Yeah, amen, Lord. Don't just give us the grace to hear your voice, but Lord, give us the courage and the drive to respond. God, uh, let... Let your word in our hearts um, be something that can't be ignored, Lord. That you would uh, that you would just give us so much encouragement, and you would make all else uh, less attractive, God, than the desire that you have for us. We pray this all in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Friends, we are coming to you live from Damascus. I guess this show isn't live now; it's being recorded. I mean, I'm live, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that was what you would call a tank. We're here in the middle of Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and it's it's been an amazing summer. We've got a we've got a full. I, I'm we, damn. We record some of our shows live, so I know I can't I can't help just, you from that. You just stuck your foot in your mouth, and just, no, leave me alone. <laughs> so so Aaron, this show is called Beyond Damascus. We're, really, the heart of it is uh, that we are looking at this Damascus moment, the Saint Paul, where he has this conversion on the road to Damascus, right? And the, the, the conversion did not end there, but the, the conversion uh, and his mission started there. That in this Damascus experience of Paul, where he sees Jesus, he hears his voice, and he's awakened to the power of Jesus's presence in his life, he's propelled to live a life on mission. And as we were praying at the beginning of the show, Aaron, I was just reflecting on the fact of where is our life directed? Yeah. That like is our life directed towards building ourselves up or is it directed towards pouring ourselves out? Yep. I just think about just Jesus's life. Just think about his life and that it seems like in his ministry, he knows from the moment he starts his ministry that he's directed towards this cross, right? Yeah. And he knows the time's not yet, but he's, he's moving. And I wonder how long in his life did he know where he was just his, the end game was an outpouring gift of self. And, yeah. Yeah. uh, I wonder, is our end game always that? Like, yeah. do we see that I, I am in relationship with Jesus so that my end game is, or because of that, my end game is an outpouring gift of self? Yeah. Do you think that when Jesus knew the end game of the cross, he knew every step of the way to get there? 
Or do you think that was a process of just saying yes every day? Well, I think it's neat because it's almost as if the father's revealing things to Jesus as he goes, right? Like yeah. it's, it's of course, he has divine foreknowledge, but in this mystery of uh, the humanity of Jesus at the same time, there's this idea where in John 5, he says the father can't, I mean, the son cannot do anything except what he sees the father doing. And it's almost as if he does his ministry while the father reveals something to him, he steps into that. And then the father reveals something else and he steps into that. And I think sometimes your prayer really inspired this in my heart is just that um, I think sometimes we hear the Father's voice in prayer, yeah. and maybe we don't step into that. Yeah. Or we're going to the Father in prayer, and we're not asking, Father, how can I be an outpouring <laughs> gift for the sake of others to advance your kingdom? But instead, we're just using uh, the Father like Santa Claus. Like, hey, Santa, I would like this for Christmas. I'd like this for Christmas. I'd like this for Christmas. But Jesus isn't Santa Claus, and God didn't give us his, his <laughs> divine fatherhood so that we could go to him like Santa, but so instead so that we could hear his voice and do his will in this yeah. world. That So that... that that idea of prayer for courage. First of all, I love the seven the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and um, courage, fortitude is one of those one of those gifts. Of course, I was I was doing a design project for our local vocations office, and we were I was printing up a set of holy cards, and the typical prayer for vocations is to pray that God would call or that men would hear the call to priesthood, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't even know that that's actually the prayer. Mm. I, I believe that's not the problem. Yeah, I believe that I believe that God's calling people to the priesthood, and I believe that men are probably hearing God call them to the priesthood. They're just not having the guts to say yes. Mm. Right? We need to, yeah. we need to pray for the courage that that men and women would would hear the Lord's voice clearly, and then would have like would would have that 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 grace, that courage, that moment to 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 respond. Yeah, and to give that gift to themselves. It's it's one thing to know that my life is destined for for self sacrifice, right? It's one thing for Jesus to know that his life was destined for the cross. It's another thing to do it, and that takes courage and boldness. And uh, and Dan, the guest we have on today's show, just for our listeners, a little preview is is one of the men who we work with here at Damascus every single day, and um, I'm excited to brag on him in in his bold yes to what has happened here at, at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. As I was introducing the non-live production of the show, yeah. I was trying to— could you, could you say all that again? Before I, before <laughs> I was so rudely interrupted by myself. <laughs> before I accidentally choked on my tongue. So I, what I was trying to say is that we're here in the midst of Catholic Youth Summer Camp in, in what has been just a, a wild summer, right? Because— um, everything is everything has been forced to be different this year. For those of you who are listening to this show, uh, any time other than you know, right after we've recorded here this week, we're in the, we're in the middle of July, 2020, and we're running a, a full blown residential summer camp in the midst of this COVID pandemic. And uh, it's like you know, we're in this scenario where we've got to effectively respond um, it, with, with new method and with new ardor to uh, a landscape that's constantly changing. And mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think what it requires to be successful isn't great healthcare, and what it requires to be successful isn't, you know, um, uh, a renegade spirit that's willing to go against the rules, but what it requires is someone who's willing to put in the work and to say yes every day, whatever that means, you know, whether that this spring we, we, we went straight, uh, you know, headlong into um, digital programming through our Damascus Media Studio, and 
And I, I don't want to toot our own horn too much here, but why? Why were we able to do that? Because at Damascus, we've instilled in our missionary program just this this idea that, you know, Lord, we've already given our yes. Now it's just the process of learning what that looks like on a daily basis. Yeah, I think of the scripture command that Jesus gives to the apostles to, if you go into a town and they don't welcome you, wipe the dust from your feet and move on to the next town. And I think sometimes, like, let's just call it what it is. Like, we're living in a time where there are plenty of things that are hitting us that yeah. that are closing doors, and we've just got to wipe our dust from our feet and then go to the next door that's open. And if there's not a door that's open, find a town that will accept you and go for it, right? And I think sometimes it's like, okay, well, the, the door's closed, and instead of wiping the dust from your feet and moving Moving on, wait. you just sit and you wait for the door to open. And yeah. uh, I, I, that there's that boldness that Paul has, the boldness of Jesus, the boldness of the apostles to say, uh, "I'm going to go wherever you call me. I'm going to do whatever you say." And as you're sharing, so Ben Huber is going to be our guest that we bring on a little bit later. And just to introduce a little bit of his boldness and that yes was, you know, in uh, 2016 we opened uh, the the doors to this 500 acre property called Damascus, and we started. We had been a, a, a summer apostolate for years, uh, 15 years up to that point of just a, a small uh, summer camp called Catholic Youth Summer Camp. And we felt like God was calling us to something bigger, a year-round entity that we were going to, uh, that we stepped into calling Damascus. And um, we didn't know exactly what that looked like. And there was a few guys who, I don't know if we called them or they called us, or it was a little mutual, but ultimately it was, hey, um, do you want to come and be a full-time missionary for this ministry? And they're like, well, what's the job description? And we're like, well, we don't really know. And it's it's a little puzzling as to what God's doing, but we, we think God wants to do something. And um, just that boldness to answer the call and to respond to the call, to step out of the boat and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do what God's asking me to do, even though it's not 100% clear of what God's doing. And God just has, has blessed Ben's early yes. There was other guys and um, that, that God just blessed their early yes. And because of that, now five years later, we have 180 full, I mean, summer missionaries, 50 full-time missionaries, and God is allowing us to serve 10,000 plus kids every year. It's just that when you say yes, even if you don't know what the job description is, even if you don't know what the, the end game is, God can bless that and transform it so powerfully. I, I think of uh, just that scripture account, you know, Aaron, of get out of the boat and, and walk on water. And Jesus, he, he asked Peter to do something that is seemingly ridiculous. Like everyone knows that you cannot walk on water in the middle of a storm. And yet Peter says, if it's you, Jesus, call, tell me to come. And Jesus says, come. And Peter takes that bold step and he goes out of the boat. And um and, and you know he he there's that moment where he's looking at Jesus and the guy's actually walking on water and I think a lot of times we think well you know Peter ends up sinking but if I were Peter and I would have been saved by Jesus after that and I got back in the boat and guys were like oh man you totally sank I probably would have been bragging a little bit like well at least I got out I took three steps how many did you take <laughs> right that that's just so powerful that like hey he responded in boldness and God blessed that yeah that's so good that's so good and um. I remember Dan when we were in college. There was a there was a teaching that that I, I think we were together in the same room that really stuck with me, and it's one that has has just been such a guide for my life. And listeners, maybe before we before we jump into the break, we'll, we'll leave you with this reflection. So, uh, you know, I, I I was 
I was looking into um, Dan and I were working in professional youth ministry, and I was at school, and I was I was in the midst of kind of discerning what my next move was going to be in college, because I wanted to pursue youth ministry, and I wanted to get a degree in theology so I could be best equipped to be able to do that well and live that life. And at the same time, I had that voice in the back of my head that was like, you need, to, you need to make sure that this is a wise choice so that you can have a safety net so that you can fall back on when all else fails, right? You can have a safety net that you can fall back on when the, when the call that God's placed on your life all of a sudden falls through. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he really loves to let his people down. So uh, it, was, it, was just, it was such a simple and profound message. It said that, you know, when you're responding to God's call, make sure you're not, that you're not leaving room for plan B. Right, yep. you're not leaving room for a safety net. You're not you're not building your life in such a way that, that that's the kind of the mentality that you walk into the into this process with, and it was that was so moving for me, and it, it allowed me to make decisions that ultimately, you know, landed me here at Damascus, you know, ten fifteen years later, as opposed to being a teacher in a middle school. As 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 great of a, an opportunity as that was, I think that in laying safety nets, sometimes we miss the call that God's actually placed on our lives. Yeah. And and in the in the example of St. Paul to respond without fear, to respond in courage, to respond knowing that the call is going to be for everything, knowing that the cost is going to be our life, but being willing to take all of the individual steps that lead to that place. That's that's the the the, the core of the missionary call in our lives. Amen to that. Man, I just love that. Just a a, a fearless boldness and I I think my favorite prayer uh is just the simple jesus i trust in you yeah right? oh that, man so good that that's, a, just, that's an action prayer i just trust it is an action prayer right yeah like peter's like okay i trust in you i'm getting out of the boat right now and you know he had no safety nets and when he falls guess what someone's there to catch him yeah. and and i think that is the beauty and the power that hey i'm just gonna go all in for you the gospel is not um, go halfway in for me and do what you can um, while you also take care of yourself, right? That God is like, no, let me take care of you yeah. and let me show you what providence really looks like. Ah, uh, so good. Fire, okay. fire, fire. Friends, this is going to be a great show. Ben has got an amazing story and he's such a good witness to to the Lord. So um, join with us after the break. Once again, you're listening to Beyond Damascus here on St. Co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And we will be right back with you after this short break. EWTN, teaching the truth. I just wanted to thank the station for being there on the radio for all of us Catholics. We're all trying to learn something new every day about ourselves and about the world we live in and the people that we interact with. Thank you for taking my question. I appreciate your willingness to be on the radio these days. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. The best way we can pray is to be still before God. You know, the catechism says, why did God make me? God made me to know him, love him, and serve him. And then Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. So the most important part of prayer is listening. So you say your prayers, but make sure every day you give at least a few seconds of listening so God can tell you what he wants of you. And your life will be changed forever. Hello and welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Aaron, we are so excited to welcome in our studio our guest, Ben Huber. Welcome, Whoa. Ben. welcome, welcome. Hey there, everybody. It is 
such a gift, such an honor to be with you here today. I am. Uh, I'm just so honored to be with Dan and Aaron. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, we're <laughs> excited to hear your testimony, Ben, about how Encounter has led to mission in your life. Because Encounter without mission just doesn't seem to be the full gospel, right? It's, it's just not very fun. <laughs> it's it not fun, friends. Uh, Jesus doesn't want just <laughs> me and him. He doesn't want just a personal relationship. He is calling us into a deep encounter, a deep intimacy, so that we can bring transformation to as many people's lives as possible. And Ben, you are laboring in the vineyard, trying to do that. Can you share Amen. for our listeners what your role here at Damascus is? And then we'll jump into your testimony after that. Yeah. So, uh, friends, I get to serve as the Ohio camp director here in the great wow. state of Ohio. Yes. Uh, I am so blessed and honored. I also serve as the director of programming. Um, and so twofold, Ohio camp director oversees the mission of Catholic Youth Summer Camp. Uh, the operations and leadership therein. And then also director of programming oversees our retreat ministry program for middle school and high school retreats. And so exciting. All of the encounter that is taking place here on uh, the site of Damascus is such a gift to um, oversee. Yeah, so to call a duck a duck, let's just be honest. <laughs> ben, you run the ministries of Damascus. Like he, he oversees and directs all of camp and all of our retreats. And so basically this place wouldn't function without your yes. And so we're super grateful for that. Um, and that's amazing. Why do we call you the Ohio camp director when we only have one camp that is in Ohio? This is an amazing question, Dan. <laughs> um, so I was given this title that it may be a prophecy for uh, the Lord's work and the Lord's dream for the greater mission that he's about with Damascus, that we would not just have the Ohio campus, but we would have more campuses across the nation and hopefully across the the world exactly yeah so we want to we, we feel called that god's asking us to open up camps across the u.s and so we have to have an ohio camp director at some point why not yes. use that name now right because there'll be other <laughs> camp directors in the future in different states thank you jesus um all right so ben why don't you share what was life like growing up and how did you come into faith in christ jesus amen to that uh, so as you guys know, I grew up in the great state of Iowa. Um, yes, love the field Iowa. of dreams. <laughs> is, is, uh, is Iowa heaven? That's what everyone's wondering. It's paradise. Dan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got filled it. with so. hogs and corn and, and beans and mom's home cooking. Is so this, I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. We have cor a few cornfields here at Damascus. We have a few. Yeah. yeah even Thank here on Jesus. site. So glory to God. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Iowa. Amazing Catholic family. Uh, Catholic from the very beginning. Um, five siblings, amazing um, mom and dad, Tim and Denise, just incredible um, uh, foundations and parents uh, of the faith, leaders and formators of the faith. Um, so uh, the Catholic heritage um, and my relationship uh, with the Lord was all throughout uh, my childhood, um, but it was more of an idea, more of something that we did uh, all throughout um, growing up versus something that w was very, very intimate, very, uh, very rooted in relationship uh, with the person of Jesus. And I think, you know, I am so blessed and encouraged by religious education and for um, praying before meals and before we went to bed um, and, and doing our Lenten rosary. Uh, but there there comes a time where you have to make a decision to actually live this faith walk, this faith journey um, by giving your life fully and 
faithfully to the person of Jesus. And um, that that didn't take place till my sophomore year of high school. Uh, I remember that um, going into uh, this big Catholic conference, and it, it happened at uh, NCYC, the Na- National Catholic Youth Conference, um, where I really experienced the love of God in such an, in, uh, an intentional, specific way uh, for the first time in my life. Um, I was so hungry, um, and I was desiring to experiencing the love of God, um, this idea, this trans, this opportunity to transfer, um, what I knew in my mind to actually make real in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, in my, in my life up until that point, I, I was living in different, different, um, different areas of sin that I wasn't happy with, um, that I wasn't proud of. Um, and, um, going into that week, I decided to really give a, a, a transparent, a real and an honest confession. Um, and, um, preparing my, my heart, uh, for that, for that moment, for that time where I'd encounter Jesus and, and the confessional, um, for our listeners, give a context. For yeah. What is NCYC? NCYC. So NCYC, the National Catholic Youth Conference, a big conference, probably 20,000 youth from all across the nation, come and experience um, different speakers, different sessions, different opportunities uh, all throughout the week to be built up in their faith. Yeah. And um, so a sophomore Ben shows up, he's at NCYC, yes. and he goes to confession. What happens in, in that experience? I, um, I experienced the, fir- the, the merciful love um, of the Father uh, in my life like never before. Hmm. Uh, I think, uh, you know, God is so big. Um, and he became so small in that moment uh, mm. where I experienced the person of Jesus through the priest in that encounter in the mm. confessional. And uh, it took my heart to be so open uh, to create space for him um, to actually move in me and be honest and real with like, hey, I desire to change. I desire to be different. And through the words of the priest, through that, through that moment of, uh, of encounter, um, I just felt so much freedom. Yeah, I felt so much freedom in, in my um, in that moment at a time that I desire more of that. And um, that moment, in the confessional, uh, where where I was honest and true to um, uh, my way of seeing God, uh, God, I just felt like just a, a whole um, a whole rebirth, a whole new life uh, of experiencing uh, the love of the Father there mm-hmm. in that moment. That's awesome. Praise um, the Lord. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I believe that's what prepared the way, um, for in addition to that day, this was on the same day. It was November 21st of 2009. It's been over, uh, over 11, over 11 years now nice. <laughs> where I experienced, uh, the merciful love of God, but actually where I first came to believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, uh, so coming in that morning, I had confession, but that evening we had the, uh, the climax, the source and summit of, of the mass that evening, kind of the, um, the climax of, of the event at, uh, NCYC and, uh, God was continuing to stir in my heart. And I don't think up until that point, I really believed in the real presence of Jesus. Yeah. And um, it was through uh, the Mass um, where I was going after the Lord and seeking His heart, where I heard through uh, the Holy Spirit, through the, through the, peace, through the priest, that um, you are who you receive, and now go on and be who you are called to be. Nice. Say that again. You are who you receive, the real presence of Jesus, Jesus in the Eucharist. Now go out and be who you are called to be. Yeah. And what is that? Like, we're, we're called to be saints by our lives. Yeah. We're called to be the living example, the living face of Jesus in the world, his living saints. Yeah. And um, 
I I just never tangibly uh, comprehended that in my in my mind, my heart up until that moment, and that's mm. what really lit a fire in my heart to continuing uh, living living um, living changed. Yeah. Wow. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you are who you receive. Now go and what? Be who you're called to be. Boom. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. And you're called to be a saint. You're called to be Jesus, right? You're actually called to be another Christ in the world. That's why we're called Christians, because he is the Christ, the anointed one, yes. and we actually share in his anointing. I don't know if you've thought about this, that, listeners. The anointing that Jesus has on his life, the anointing as priest, prophet, and king, that's the anointing you receive in your baptism. You have Jesus' anointing on your life. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just love that. Like, what? The Father loves me so much that as his son and as his daughter, I get Jesus' anointing. Oh, that's good. Okay. Amen So, Ben, so sophomore Ben Huber has an encounter with Jesus in the National yes. Catholic Youth Conference, and then he goes home and he's perfectly obedient to everything God says and lives a life on mission without flaw or stain. Is that correct? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, not. <laughs> oh, okay. So what happens next? What happens next? Um, well, Dan, we have all fallen short of the glory of God, right? Um, but I, I think um, obviously uh, as, as God's chosen sons and daughters, there's tendencies in which we fall back into. Um, but glory to God that throughout the remainder um, of my high school experience, uh, no longer did I believe I was living for my own world, but I was living for God's kingdom. Mm. And did I fully know, knew what that meant at that time? Not fully. Yeah. Um, but was the fruits of the Holy Spirit being lived out in my life? Yes. Like I found myself living a greater walk of purity. Yeah. I found myself actually serving and loving my mother and my sisters, my siblings, intentionally and well. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so much, um, there's so much pride. Um, so much um, bitterness and resentment uh, that we come up against here in this world. And uh, I think uh, me as middle school and high school, Ben, in uh, just my own experience of life and uh, being the athlete, being the musician, being uh, the one um, that was very well known in the school, it's hard not to surround your life uh, with the thoughts of others. Yeah, It's hard not to choose to partner with uh, the thoughts of um people that actually don't have their best interests in mind for you rather than the father's interest, which is good, which is pleasing and which is perfect. Yeah. So you were state qualifying wrestler, right? And yes. how did you utilize your influence, um, by being this like state athlete to bring the gospel to others? Amen to that. Yeah. So me and my, my best buddy, my best friend in high school, Chad, uh, were really two brothers, um, that lived life together all throughout high school. Um, uh, pursuing pursuing the Lord, and, and I think simply we just didn't choose we just didn't choose the things of this world. Mm-hmm. You know the different situations that you come up against in high school, whether it's the party stage, uh, whether it's drinking, whatever the case was, whether it's you know impure relationships uh, with women, we chose. Uh, to live differently, yeah, uh, and I think uh, what people saw, people knew, people yeah. knew that that we were. Um, I don't even know what you would what you would say now. Um, people knew that we were different. People knew that we were living our life for the Lord, and they could see that in the in the us. And I think the way in which we led, we were the leaders on our sports team. We were the leaders um, in, in choir and in band, and even in our academics and even leadership. Like there is a reality that when you give your life to Jesus when you allow the Holy Spirit uh, to come into your life more, uh, that people 
recognize that. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we are the light of the world. And I think I allowed my light to shine more uh, for the Lord than myself. What was your buddy's name? Chad. Chad. Yeah. We all need a Chad. People. We do. Like, we if do. If you don't have a Chad in your life, ask Jesus for a Chad. Like, <laughs> but I think that's actually true. It, it, it's so fundamental to the Christian walk that Jesus sends the disciples out in pairs. He doesn't send anyone by themselves. He sends them out in twos. And if you're like in your workplace and you're trying to be on mission and you're struggling, it's probably because you haven't found a Chad yet and start asking the Lord for a Chad and start building a relationship with someone that you can walk with at work or in school or wherever you are. Even in your church, sometimes you feel so alone in church. Like, man, I'm working so hard for the kingdom of God in this ministry, but I don't feel like I have any support. Well, find a Chad. And if you don't have a Chad, ask the Lord for one because it's his desire and his will to give you one. Uh, and I know this because he does it in scripture and he wouldn't send you yes. on mission without sending you in a pair. It just wouldn't be a loving thing to do. So that's so awesome. And I think it's neat. So you guys didn't do things right in the gospel and evangelization is so much more than just not mm-hmm. saying no, but it's also saying yes. And I think sometimes it's easy when we're young and in high school, there is just that like we're against so many temptations that yes. it is a matter of just saying no to these temptations. Right. How did you get to that point where you started having a hunger for leadership and you wanted to say yes to actually actively going on mission to bring people into relationship with Jesus? Yeah, that's so good. My um, So as I came to a completion of just like my high school experience, I was uh, finishing my, my senior year, chose to go back out for baseball. And uh, I, as a side job uh, that summer, I had the opportunity uh, to work as what I call a ranch hand. Okay. Oh, so- <laughs> wow. Okay. So Iowa has just come out. Okay. So Ben was a ranch hand. All right. And- so what does a ranch hand do? So um, my experience that summer, so uh, picture um, stalls and pitch fork and horses and did you sheep. actually have a pitchfork no i literally did oh, and, and i cleaned out the crap from uh you know sheep stalls and, and horse stalls wow. um just to just to earn some money for that college is a good summer job parents if you're like wow i need to get my kid a summer job like that move to iowa because you can have a pitchfork and clean out poop all summer yes and teach your child virtue okay i said how did this get you into evangelization so how is using a pitchfork to clean out horse manure part of the process of becoming a missionary yes you could write a book from manure to missionary but whoa that's deep (laughs) no not really (laughs) but enlighten us what do you got so uh that summer uh and this is the summer before i went into my um college years is that um i was by myself um serving and working all throughout the summer and what i found myself encountering was the lord in the silence Um, the Lord in solitude. And all I would do was just be with the Lord, be with my, my, my pitchfork in hand, um, (laughs) and uh, what I found, uh, in myself in those moments of solitude, um, seeking the Lord in the sacred silence, um, was that I had a desire for greater community and greater mission uh, to give myself, uh, to the Lord and to the church. And, um, you know, I went through all throughout public education and, uh, don't get me wrong. I love public education, love Catholic education, um, but I 
had a desire and a hunger for more authenticity, more people on my life to run with, to run this incredible race that, that we call um, living life for the kingdom of God. And um, so I encountered him in the silence all throughout that summer, which led me uh, into um, uh, my college years at the University of Northern Iowa. Oh, nice. Yeah. So at the University of Northern Iowa, the first time that I walked into our Catholic Student Center, St. Stephen the Witness Catholic Student Center, um, the priest there, Father Ken Glazer, I'll never forget, uh, but he told me that you are going to be a leader here at this place. Wow. That you are going to make a difference here, and I need you right here, right now. Wow, that's awesome. So he just kind of spoke an identity over you. Yes. I think that's so awesome. I I find that it's so important in ministry if we, well, just in in adolescence in general, to help speak leadership over young people. You know, like I think a lot of times when, I remember when people started speaking leadership over my life, I think that's what caused me to say, oh, okay, I want to be a leader. And like you get more bold because someone speaks it over you and it activates something in you that like, oh yeah, I don't have to wait for someone else to take the lead because I'm called to be a leader. That's yeah. awesome. Well, it's a part of our, it's part of our baptismal identity. Yeah. As a, just, as just, a king, right? Yes, like exactly. I'm a king, I'm called to lead. Like, <laughs> exactly. So if you're like, I'm not called to be the lead. Yeah. Sorry. You were anointed a king. And that was the anointing of Jesus, right? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So, so he speaks us over you. And so what do you do? Yeah, exactly. So, um, right off the bat, um, I just got engaged, uh, deeper, deeper personally into my uh, prayer life. And so I was taught more in the ways of prayer, especially in, in, in the great gift of the sacraments of the church. Um, yeah. I never I never went to daily mass growing up because that wasn't necessarily something that I was educated in um, throughout uh, my upbringing. Um, but I had that opportunity to go daily. And I went daily. Wow. Um, and I just had a gr- that hunger uh, that was lit my sophomore year, encountering the real presence of Jesus, was even lit even more with the opportunity to go and seek him daily uh, in the presence of the Eucharist. And, and, and through that encounter, through a development of a deeper prayer life, uh, I found myself living life on mission um, uh, on the college campus of UNI. And that's, uh, I was leading retreats. Uh, I began leading um, uh, different Bible studies uh, for men and for women. Um, uh, at the Catholic Student Center, um, and I found myself becoming a liturgical minister um, as well all throughout uh, those years as well, and getting very very involved in leadership uh, mm-hmm. all throughout um, college. Um, and uh, some of the amazing moments, I also found myself getting very involved in not just uh, Catholic um, settings uh, or environments, but also Protestant as well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. a, a heart of ecumenism. You know, we, we love the whole church. We love the, the global church, um, the entire body of Christ. And um, I found myself just discovering uh, different ways in which the Lord was calling me to love God's people, yeah. uh, both in and outside of the, the Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, and, um, That's awesome. Yeah. So then you ended up somehow as a missionary here at Damascus. Um, <laughs> so what, what was that experience like and what brought you here? This is the moment. <laughs> so I, I want to start back going into, um, it was my freshman freshman college year going to my sophomore year where um, I went and served uh, at a Catholic, uh, Catholic summer camp back in Iowa. And, um, nice. you know, I was an elementary, middle school education uh, major. And so I knew I wanted to invest into youth. I knew I wanted to serve in that capacity. Yep. Um, and uh, what the Lord spoke in that time, uh, going to this Catholic camp uh, that I was doing good work, that I was doing a good job, is that I wanted to serve the church. I wanted to give my life to the church um, by serving the youth. 
um, I experienced it all throughout my life, both in um, you know, both in my uh, high school days and uh, throughout college. Different Catholics that were coming. Um, that that were just not living their life on fire uh, for the Lord. Um, I, I saw different people coming out of Catholic education, uh, our Catholic parishes, and I'm just like, why do we look more uh, like the Walking Dead versus living a, a life as a resurrected people, as an mm-hmm. Easter people? Oh, yeah. Um, in that that summer, I was just like, wow, I'm going to continue to pursue this teaching degree, this teaching major, um, but with the intention, with the heart and desire that I want to give my life uh, to the church and serve the youth mm-hmm. of our church, um, which also led me to to continue to serve in greater ways. So I became the president of Catholic students in my junior year of college, and I was leading this on campus on campus outreach week called Panther Catholic Week, oh, where the Panther you and I Catholic. Panthers, you and I fight, baby, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, awesome. So much growth there. Um, it, it's so leadership is so good because you take upon the cross, you take upon this this weight of glory, and, and the Lord just reveals things about your heart and <laughs> reveals things about your life. And uh, it's so good. Uh, in that time, I just, um, I found myself uh, developing such an endurance and such a uh, persistence and faithfulness uh, to the Lord. And um, so I was leading this on-campus uh, outreach week called Panther Catholic Week, and um, my buddy Sam, who also works here, uh, here at Damascus, Sam Halligan, amazing man of God, um, one of my brothers that I ran with at UNI, uh, he told me about this, you know, this this pretty good guy, this evangelist that was um, preaching. Right. And, yeah, he's all right. His name's Dan Demite. <gasps> and uh, I've heard of that guy. <laughs> uh, Sam met Dan um, at March for Life back in high school. And the only reason Sam even knew about Dan is because he encountered uh, Dan by watching God or the Girl. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> we're we're gonna do an entire episode on the reality TV show that I was. We on really need God to. or the Girl. Yeah, it's power. If, if you if you're interested, just check, check it out on YouTube. It's free. <laughs> you it's, won't be disappointed. It was probably the highlight of the year 2006 globally for sure. It's still bringing people into the church today. Um, so through Sam, through Dan, Dan came and spoke on the college campus of you and I um, for our for our outreach week for the Catholic Student Center. And I think what I what I saw in you, Dan, was something different. Um, I saw a man that was living his life boldly uh, in the faith. I, I saw a man that was living life really led by the Holy Spirit. And um, up until that point, I, I don't know if I really encountered the Holy Spirit like I did when I encountered you, Dan. Uh, and um, through that oh, experience, thank you. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I know that I encounter Him the Eucharist. I know that I encounter Him in the sacramental life of my daily prayer. But um, uh, through through Dan's preaching and powerful proclamation of the gospel in the life of adventure that we were made mm-hmm. for, um, there was a great hunger and desire to to go and follow uh, the mission uh, that He was helping lead and, and take charge of. All right, so you got here to. Demand. Damascus, and how did you encounter the Holy Spirit when you're here at Damascus? Oh, this is so good. Um, so, friends, I don't know um, if you've ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but man, it changed the direction, it changed um, the way in which that was operating uh, in my life and relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Um, so I came and served at Catholic Youth Summer Camp the summer of 2015. Um, in 2015, I had an opportunity uh, to receive prayer uh, in the Holy Spirit. And um, in that moment, what the Lord was re- releasing upon me was just his love. Um, 
I, uh, I received an image of a rose and I was the rose and just these, these different things that were on me that have, um, you know, whether it was resentment or bitterness or just in different impurities or unforgiveness, what I felt and what I experienced in that moment is that, uh, the Holy Spirit was coming upon me and it was releasing those different thorns in my side. And in, in that moment, it was the beginning process of how the Holy Spirit desired to, for me to live life in the Holy Spirit. Mm. I found myself, as I continued to walk and live life on mission, knowing who the Holy Spirit was and the gifts that he desires to bring into my life, I continued to found just a greater release of freedom and confidence in my life to live life boldly and faithfully, and which ultimately led me to commit fully um, uh, to the work of God and the mission of Damascus. Yeah, so that's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. We we love God, the Holy Spirit. Yes, amen. <laughs> um, he, does, he is called the Lord, the giver of life. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so, uh, Ben, what we, we, we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the show, that you made that decision to be one of our first people just to yes. jump into a full-time missionary position when there was no job description. There really was no missionary program. It was just kind of a come and let's figure this out, what God wants from us as a people. What was that? process and how if if maybe how did you go about hearing that okay god you're calling me to this i'm going to take a step of faith even though i don't know all the details because i know you you like the details right like ben if you don't know ben <laughs> he's not like there are some people young adults who are just like yeah sure it's fun i don't know what's going on ben's not that person he's like i want every possible detail planned yes. out beforehand but that you had none of those details and yet right. you you made a step so why what what led to that and how do you think our listeners can learn from that yeah, it's so good. Um, I think with any with any call that the Lord has upon your life, uh, it takes faith. Um, but I think in response to that faith, the Lord's going to bring us peace. Hmm. And I felt just this uh, unsurmountable amount of peace when I knew that I knew that I was supposed to be in Ohio. And then a couple weeks later, Dan called me up and gave me the opportunity, gave me the invitation to abandon and give my life um, in such a way to building up the full-time missionary program. And I think the response in that was just this great conviction, this great joy. Like the Lord's not just going to bring his peace, but he's going to bring his joy to live this life fully on mission for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And that was the response in my heart where I knew that I knew that I knew that I was called and the Lord gave peace and he also responded in joy in that. Yeah, that's amazing. It's interesting because those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So you know, <laughs> you can often know if the Holy Spirit's asking you to do something if the Holy Spirit's fruits are following it, right? Right? Amen. Like Amen. when you think about it, you're encountering the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If if when you think about something, it causes you great fear and anxiety, you you may want to press in a little deeper and say, well, what? Why is that fear? Why is that anxiety there? Right? Because if God wants you to enter into something, He's going to give you uh, joy and peace, even if that means I have to trust in Him. Right? That I Amen. don't know what's going to come. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Ben. And um, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit more from Ben, and we're going to uh, just ask the Lord how he wants to challenge us personally to live our lives fully for him. Yeah, so once again, thanks for joining us today. We are You're listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, and we will catch you right after this break.
The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. And if you notice, there's Catholic bashing everywhere you go. They'll have a whole program about nuns who have gone astray. They're hungry for freedom. What freedom? I got more freedom than all you have. I belong to the Lord God. I'm a spouse of Christ. Well, what can you give me? A car? Keep it. <laughs> for more information on Mother Angelica, visit Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com. Unplanned, the true story of Abby Johnson. I would be the youngest director in Planned Parenthood history. She believed in a woman's right to choose. I've had an abortion myself, so I don't have any problem with another woman making the same decision. Until the day she saw something that changed everything. Tiny, perfect little baby. And then it was just gone. Now she's pulling back the curtain on the abortion industry. Unplanned. Available at EWTNRC.com and the EWTN app. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thanks so much, friends, for joining us today in the story of Ben Huber, our <laughs> yes. Ohio Camp Director, Missionary Program Director throughout. I'm sorry, Program Director throughout the year. And uh, Ben, it's been a joy. Thank you for sharing with us your story, man. Absolutely. Yeah, Ben, thanks. Uh, I'm okay. So the question that's on my mind. So one of our listeners, if you don't know, one of our, uh, if you will. Parts of our charism is just really hard work, right? That Jesus calls mm. us to labor in the vineyard, not to like sit down on a lazy boy recliner. And there's yes. something about laboring in the vineyard of the Lord. And how do you, there's, I, I believe there's probably listeners who have been laboring in the vineyard of the Lord and they're burnt out and they're tired and they're exhausted. How do you, because you work really hard here, you strive to, to pour yourself out for the sake of others. Um, what would you say to our listeners who uh, have been laboring in the vineyard of the Lord, but they're weary? How do you well, deal with that? Well, that's really good. Um, that's a great question, Dan. Hey, thanks. <laughs> he's, he's good at asking. <laughs> um, uh, laboring in the Lord, I think. Um, I think every opportunity when it comes to living on life on mission with Jesus is life to be is an opportunity to be offered up. And so no matter the work that we are about, whether it's behind the computer screen, whether you're up on stage, whether you're leading worship or speaking, whether you're leading a small group, whether you're doing administrative work, no matter the case, like God is there and God is present. Mm -hmm. I think that can be revealed when we understand um, and understand how to live with uh, in relationship with the heart of God. Heart of God for yourself, heart of heart of God for for other people, and allowing the love of the Father, love of the Son, love of the Holy Spirit to be with you and present with you in all those moments. And the reality is, if you if you're living in that orientation, like the Lord's gonna bring His life, mm. like He's gonna give you all the life that you need to step into any area of breakthrough um, that's become a monotonous, like the ordinary way of life, like when it comes to routine, when it comes to our rhythm, is meant to be extraordinary. And it's extraordinary when we ask the Holy Spirit to come and be present to us. Yeah. And uh, that's lit up when we, when we center ourselves with the heart of mission. Mm. When we're rooted in our heart of mission, we're always going to remember the why, the why of why we show up to work, why we show up each and every day, and why we're living uh, in faithfulness to the objectives, to the timelines, to the priorities that we have set out each and every day. So yeah. when we partner with the heart of God, when we partner with the heart of mission, uh, we can bring um, that intentionality mm. um, of work in the ordinary each and every day. Yeah, amen. And then, you know, I think I like Jesus's uh, methodology where it's kind of funny. I mean, you don't really see in the Gospels Jesus's 
role of life. You don't really see like in his public ministry, you know, we, we know that Mother Teresa woke up every morning and would have a holy hour, yes, right? And like, yes. we know like uh, what the prayer life of some of the saints were like and the structure they lived. You don't really see the prayer life of Jesus much, but you do see when he's going like about his earthly ministry. I think it's always funny because at some points he'll just be doing ministry and then it says he just walks off to spend time with the Father. And it's like, wait, yes. and the apostles are just still standing there like, wait, the guy just walked away to spend time with the Father father and in prayer and it's just uh, i think that like as he labors in the vineyard he just takes time uh to to recollect and to go back to the father and to yeah. to to get that source poured into him yes which is just power yeah we, we were having a conversation as a staff just yesterday that um one of the well, i think one of the big charisms here at damascus is that we we strive to learn how to encounter the Lord in those times of labor. Yeah. Right. Mm. That we, 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 we want to, we want to realize that our call is aura et labora. It's, it's work and pray. Um, it's not, it's not one or the other, but both. Yeah. I love that. So and, Ben, what, so you're, you were one of the founders of our full-time missionary program. Can you share a little bit about our missionary program? What's it like? What if, if uh, a listener's a young adult and they're like, wow, well, what, 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 I want to be like mean? Ben Heber when I grow yeah. up. Yeah. I may be a little biased, but I think it's the uh, the greatest um, the greatest missionary program, especially for the domestic life of the church. That a young adult you heard uh, it here first, friends. <laughs> <laughs> that that you could um, be a part of, my friends. Just the reality of like one giving up your life like that that is something. Like mm-hmm. abandoning yourself to the call of God upon your life um, that speaks volumes uh, to your heart. And that matters so much. Like I believe, if we give uh, give generously uh, to the Lord. Uh, he's going to generously um, offer a return yeah. uh, to our lives. But um, there's so much beauty in the formation that we receive life in the natural, life in the supernatural, uh, life being led by the Holy Spirit yeah. and, in our identity, life on mission. That we uh, may not just live uh, live out a two year missionary program, but that we may pursue the heart of God on mission wherever the Lord calls us to. The Lord's not calling for more businessmen, more teachers. The Lord is calling for more saints mm-hmm. uh, to be saints in in the different environments, different areas of influence, the different passions that that you have specifically. The Lord wants to bring you here uh, first and foremost to form and raise you up, and it's the most amazing community that you could be a part of. Like. Who, where in the world are you going to find uh, a missionary program where there's 50, 60 young adults that are surrounding one another, where you're fashioning one another, where mm. you're forming one another, where you're, where you're being lit up on fire with one another uh, by living in the same houses, um, by serving on the same mission, by seeing each other each and every day and allowing the goodness of God, the goodness of God that's living in one another to be shared, those gifts of the Holy Spirit being shared with one another. I'm glad you're passionate about this. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, man, I mean, we do so much to serve the domestic church. You know, we're serving middle schoolers and high schoolers. We have uh, young adult opportunities, uh, adult opportunities, um, conference opportunities, uh, along with many ways in which we are bringing uh, bringing the, the Lord's um, work and his love to parishes and schools and families all across uh, the yeah. state and nation. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I love that. The uh, I just love that Pope Francis, he speaks of the church as a community of missionary disciples. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times um, we we as missionary disciples lack community, right? Yeah. And uh, mm. I think 
brothers and sisters, if if you want to be sharpened, you have to be around people who are running as fast as you. I think of a sprint, like I pace myself off of the person next to me. And if if the person next to me is not running very fast, I'm not going to run very fast. And so, because, you know, you, you're just going to pace yourself naturally off of those who are running next to you. And uh, I think that's such a powerful uh, gift the community brings is it causes you just to run faster. And Aaron, we, we love to say that everyone's called to full-time ministry, right? Yeah. And yes. so whether you're part of the Damascus missionary program or not, you're part of Jesus's missionary program. <laughs> yes. And, and, uh, and Jesus founded a missionary program 2000 years ago in Come Matthew on. 28, when he said, go and make disciples of all nations. Amen. Like, Amen. and Jesus, the heart of Jesus is 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 not satisfied until all nations are one for him and for his glory. And so we have work to do, listeners, uh, that he wants to call us into the vineyard of the Lord, not to just minister in the church. And we're so blessed uh, to be able to be in ministry in the church. But God is is more encouraged and so grateful for those of you who labor in the vineyard outside of the church in the secular world, because he wants you to make uh, a disciples of that nation and yeah. to, to win that nation for him and for his kingdom. Yeah. Well, great. As, as, as we're moving toward uh, wrapping up the show today, Ben, I wonder, uh, as I was hearing your story today, it was, it was that moment of um, awakening to the power and the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, and yes. it was that moment of even encounter with the Holy Spirit in a new and powerful way that was transformative for you. I wonder if you might, uh, if you might lead us in prayer for our listeners today. Oh, yes, for sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you reign upon wherever we are at here today. Holy Spirit, come and touch us with your love, with your presence, with your peace. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. I just pray right now that if there's any avenues of uh, resentment or bitterness or unforgiveness, any in, any way in which we have partnered with a lie, that you allow the Holy Spirit right now just come into those areas. If there's any uh, any vices that uh, you're clinging onto or any, anything uh, that you've been trying to break through on in your own personal life, Holy Spirit, I just ask you come into those areas right now and pour forth your love. Mm. Ask for a breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. Any thorns in our sides, God, I ask that you release those mm-hmm. and that you fill them with your presence, with greater joy, greater peace, greater faith, and greater hunger for a loving relationship with you. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we know that you love each and every individual uniquely and specifically, God. We thank you for uh, just the work that you are about here in this place, here in this moment. And Lord, you love to love. And so pour forth your love upon each and every person, Jesus. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God, once again, give us the courage to hear your voice. And like, like Ben's shared in his testimony today, to say yes, again mm-hmm. and again, not, not knowing maybe what lies at the end of the road, um, but knowing that a life poured out to you is a life worth living. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us today. If, if you are interested in the Damascus Missionary Program, or if you know anybody who may be, check out our website at damascus.net. That's D-A-M-A-S-C-U-S dot net forward slash mission. Damascus.net slash mission is where the application for our missionary program and more information that you might be interested in about that can be found. If you've enjoyed today's show or if you'd like to pick up any of the other shows that 
uh, we have done here on Beyond Damascus. You can listen to our podcast either at the St. Gabriel Radio website or wherever podcasts may be found. And we'd like to shout out a special thanks once again to St. Gabriel Radio and to EWTN Radio. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel and EWTN, and it's carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Friends, we hope you've enjoyed today's show. You are in our prayers, and we look forward to catching up with you again next week. God bless you.